0: I'm so glad you're joining me today on Awaken to Grace. My name is Chad Roberts, and today is a very personal sermon to me. If you are anything like me, I don't like change, and I don't like it when the Lord leads me through transition. I like for things to feel comfortable in my life. I like for things to be predictable. But, you know, in order for the Lord— to take us to the places that he has promised us, in order for him to lead us into victories. Well, that means that the Lord has to lead us in certain transitions. And that's what we see in Joshua chapter 1. If you followed us through the series called Battling Unbelief, we followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. But when we come to Joshua chapter 1 in this new series called Triumph, We see that a great transition takes place between Moses and Joshua. And we see the way that God instructs Joshua to take action. And you know God does the same in our lives. I hope today encourages you through whatever transitions you're facing. And that if you're in a season like I am, perhaps the Lord is going to teach you as he's teaching me not to be afraid of change. I hope today greatly encourages you on this edition of Awaken to Grace. I want to entitle today Losing Ground Already Won. Losing Ground Already Won. Most of us know Christians, whether that is in our own family, whether it could be within our neighbors, it could be within our coworkers or friends or even social media, but all of us know people who live defeated lives. And perhaps you're listening today, whether you're in the building or you're watching online, that you yourself here lately have been living a defeated life. Last month, our focus was unbelief. And last month, we went through parts and sections of the book of Numbers, and we followed the children of Israel along their journey through the wilderness. And what did we see that marked their journey? It was unbelief. And as a result, God said, you will not enter this promised land, only your children will. And Joshua And Caleb. And as we went through this journey of unbelief, our goal was to detect unbelief that may be lurking in our own lives. Perhaps there are forms of unbelief. And we we covered in that series forms of unbelief like impatience. Have you ever viewed impatience as a form of unbelief? Forms of unbelief like complaining. (laughs) Have you ever viewed your complaining as a form of unbelief? Worldliness. Do you excuse carnality? Do you excuse worldliness in your own life, in your own heart? And yet it is a form of unbelief. Well, this brings us to a great transition today because When we leave the children of Israel and come into the book of Numbers, where they are in the book of Numbers, and we leave the first five books of the Old Testament, where we find Israel now is in a great place of transition. And we've chosen to call this series in the month of March, because we feel that it is according to what God is leading us into, we're going to call this month Triumph, and why are we calling it triumph? Is because we believe that just as God wanted the children of Israel to live in victory, to go and possess the land, to believe the promises of God for their life, so it is God's will today for believers today to live in absolute victory. Amen? But this is going to be the premise of the series even though God promised the land to the children of Israel, even though God told Joshua, even in chapter one, as we'll see, God told Joshua that throughout his life, not one man will stand against Joshua all the days of his life. My friend, that's victory. (laughs) He told Joshua that every place that the sole of his foot touches, that is your land. He told Joshua not to be fearful, not to be dismayed, not to be frightened in any way. He told him to be strong and of good courage, because as he was with Moses, God would be with Joshua. God assured Joshua as strong as anyone can be assured that victory was his. But you know what the fact is, my friends? Israel still had to fight. Israel still had to go to war. Israel still had to face Jericho. Israel still had to face the Hittites. Israel still had to go against the Jebusites and all the other ites that possessed the land of Canaan. Israel still had to go to war and fight, but yet God promised them the victory. My friends, it is the same in our life today. It may be that you're here today and you're facing the absolute trial of your life. It may be that you've never faced anything like what you're facing today. Well, let me encourage you, my friend. God has promised us, he has guaranteed us a great victory, amen? But that doesn't mean that you and I don't have to go to war. As I'm learning in my own life, in my own walk through blindness, God has promised me victory. But that doesn't mean that I don't have to cross the Jordan and face the enemy and fight and trust the Lord. Amen? Triumph. We're going to talk about how do you stand in victory? How do you go forward in faith? How do you trust the Lord? How do you take action and obey the Lord in your life? One of my favorite verses in the book of Joshua is toward the end of the book when Joshua is about to die. Joshua 23, verse 14. As Joshua is about to pass away, he reminds the people of Israel, listen to this, not one word of God has failed. Not one word. Friends, this is after they faced many battles. This is after they conquered many peoples. This is after they overthrew many, many cities. And this is after they have possessed the land and it's now divided among all the 12 tribes of Israel. And Joshua looks back over his life and he reminds the people, not one word of God has failed. May I remind you of that this morning? That not one promise of God is going to fail us. Not one word from God is going to return void. Not one promise that God has made to you, that God has made to me, that God has made to his people, not one word shall fail. And when you really get that in your spirit, when that really lodges within your heart, when that really soaks in and really waterlogs your thinking and the way you feel and the way you process and the way you view the circumstances of life, when that truly sinks in, that's when faith will explode in your heart and in your life. And that's when you'll learn what it means that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Because we believe that not one word from God has failed. Not one. So Joshua chapter 1. I'm not usually the type of preacher that gives you three things to write down. I'm not a three-point preacher normally, but today I'm going to go back to my roots and I'm going to give you three things to write down today we're gonna see three simple things in Joshua chapter one to get us into this area of victory. Now remember, the title today is Losing Ground Already Won. Why are we calling it that? Because for 40 years, I want you to listen to this. For 40 years, Israel forfeited land that God had already given them. And today, you may be listening today and you may feel a bit like that. You may have wasted years upon years of your life. Perhaps there's decades that you have wasted that you know in your heart you could have been serving the Lord. You could have been living for God. And maybe you feel like you've blown it today and maybe you feel like you've wasted too many years. No, my friend, let me encourage you today. This is a new year. This is a new season. This is a new day. And if you'll follow along with us in this great journey through Joshua, I'm telling you, you're gonna learn how to live victorious. You're gonna learn how to see God turn things in your life. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Joshua chapter one, three simple things. Number one, transition. Number two, instruction, and number three, action, obedience. Let's begin with transition. Joshua chapter one, verse one, very interesting. The Bible opens by saying that Moses, the servant of the Lord, dies. And the Lord has now chosen Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant to Moses. And I want you to pay attention to how the Bible says that the Lord broke the news to Joshua. I find it very intriguing. The Lord tells Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead, arise. You and the people are gonna go over Jordan and possess the land. Huh. You know, I don't wanna to read too much into the text, but when I put myself in Joshua's shoes, or sandals more appropriately, when I put myself in Joshua's shoes, I don't know how I would have handled that transition all that well. I don't know how many of you are like me, but I I like to simmer on things. You know, I'm more of a crock pot than I am an instant pot. I like to simmer on it. If God's going to transition me, if God's going to take me into an unknown territory, into a different area, I, I like a long heads up and I like to, you know, I like to settle in. I think if if I had, i been Joshua, what I would have wanted the Lord to say is Joshua, have a seat. I got something to tell you. Everything's gonna be all right. Moses has died. It's next man up football. (laughs) You're up. You're the man. I've chosen you. And uh, I'm gonna give you about three months to get your head around this thing. And then in about six months, you and the people's are gonna cross over to Jordan, okay? I'm gonna help you, you're gonna, I'm gonna give you some scripture, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give you some songs and, and you're gonna be fine. You just, you just meditate and you just pray and you're gonna be all right. That's the kind of transition I would want. But how many of you know, transitions don't always work that way, do they? One of my favorite songs is entitled, Your Cries Have Awoken the Master. And it says, when the storm of your life has begun, seeing no hope in the distance, you're frightened with nowhere to run. Friends, how many of you know, sometimes transition comes immediately and there is no getting prepared for it, right? I think there's a lot that verse one says. Let me pull out a couple of principles here that I want you to think about. Number one, I think this is important to note. I feel like the real meaning of verse one for generations beyond that, that would read the word of God as we are. I think the Lord is telling us, don't put your eyes upon men. Don't. Put your eyes solely upon leaders. Leaders are important, don't get me wrong. Leadership matters. But see where leaders come and go? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the case of Moses, the fact is, godly leaders die. Godly leaders die, they go on to their reward. John Wesley said it so well, God buries his workmen, but the work continues, amen? And that's true because the Bible says that even when we go on to our reward, our works follow us. I think about the great Hudson Taylor, the man whose portrait is framed in my office. He's the one with the big glorious beard. He started a mission in China in the 1800s. The late 1800s he died in 1905 his ministry is still thriving today in China he died in 1905 but his work continues I think about David Livingston the other man whose framed portrait who has the glorious mustache anyway said so you can go in there and look for yourself uh, I think about David Livingston some years ago I was in Africa and <coughs> I was in Malawi and we were literally walking through the African bush. I mean, literally, literally, no electricity, nothing, no restaurants, no, there were no buildings, all right? It was literally tall African grass, the African bush. And we're walking through, we're walking to the next village and a pastor that I was with, an African pastor said, do you know about David Livingston? And I smiled and I said, You tell me what you know about David Livingston. I wanted to hear his perspective. And he smiled really big and he said, David Livingston set my people free. And he told me story after story from his perspective. Do you know that when David Livingston died, they shipped his body, they packed his body in salt and sailed his body from the continent of Africa to London to Westminster Abbey where he's buried Among other famous people. But do you know what the Africans did with his body before they shipped him home to England? They removed his heart and they buried his heart in the soil of Africa, where it belongs. David Livingston's work follows him to this very day. I think about Billy Graham, who has passed in our own lifetimes, I believe in 2018. Do you realize that if you go to the Billy Graham Library today, thousands, I'm talking literally tens of thousands of people are being saved every month at the Billy Graham Library as thousands pour through there and the gospel is proclaimed. It is an ongoing gospel crusade. Although Billy has went on to his reward, his work, is still following him. What's the point? We don't put our eyes on leaders. As wonderful as leaders are, they'll either pass, they'll either retire, they'll either transition something, and then sadly for some of you, you've been hurt by a pastor. You've been wounded by poor leadership. Some of you are listening or watching at home right now because you've sworn you'll never go to another church because you've been wounded by the mistakes of a leader. I would say to you, my friends, don't put your eyes on men. Don't put your eyes on clay. Put your eyes on Jesus because what we learn in verse one, leaders come and go. Ministries come and they go. Churches come and they go. Kingdoms of this world come and they go. But Jesus Christ remains the same. And as the transition happened between Moses and Joshua, God was constant and God was stable. And God will be constant in your life, and He'll be faithful in your life no matter who comes and no matter who goes. Keep your eyes on God, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? So He's going to transition Joshua. Now, if you note in verse 1, <clears throat> I imagine that Joshua's mind is reeling. Maybe, maybe he's a little more prepared for Moses' death than what I am speculating, but. It feels as though God did not give him much room for mourning. He simply says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get busy. Arise. Get ready. Lead. Go forward. But then look what he says in verse 5. It's very special. He tells Joshua, watch this. He tells Joshua, no man is gonna be able to stand before you all the days of your life. My friends, is that not a guarantee of victory? Do you not think that Joshua took that into battle every time he went into battle? Every time Joshua drew his sword? Every time the trumpets blasted, every time the men of war went out, do you not think that Joshua replayed what the Lord said? That not one man will stand before him all the days of his life, not one. Now friends, this is one promise that Joshua has. Do you know what scholars tell us? There are some 7,000 promises in the word of God for you and me. 7,000. And as we said, Joshua 23, 14, not one of them, not one will fail. Do you believe that today in your own life? Do you live that way? Or do you live defeated? Do you live discouraged? Do you live with uncertainty? Do you live with anxiety? Do you live as though maybe God will come through and maybe perhaps, maybe God won't. I know that battle. There are some days in my blindness that I feel as confident as any human being on this earth can be confident. The smartest, the most analytical, the most brilliant, the, most, the greatest mind could not sit down with me and convince me that God does not have the ability to drop these scales from my eyes. No one could convince me of that. And then there are other days when I go, Lord, are you paying attention? Are you listening? We're not to live defeated. We're to live in faith. We are to say, and, and, and that's what the Lord is teaching me along my process is, Chad, your emotions may be high and your emotions may be low. It honestly depends on the day. It honestly depends on the hour. Anybody say amen to that? Anybody feel that way sometimes? Oh, I'm only talking to three people. Okay, that's okay. Amen. We'll do a small group together, brother. But the Lord's teaching me. My emotions may be up, my emotions may be down, but my emotions are not my faith. It's not my faith. And my faith can dictate, my faith can control my emotions. Amen? Amen. And sometimes, to be quite frank, me and my will have to pray against my emotions. And do you know what eventually happens? My emotions finally, after a while, they'll get in gear and they'll get in line. And against my emotions, I'll have to say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to submit to you. God, I resist the devil, but I submit to you, oh God. And eventually, those emotions kind of just fall in line. But my faith tells my emotions what to do, not vice versa. My emotions do not control me, amen? Amen. Go back and listen to the Emotions That Destroy series. My emotions don't control me. My faith does. And while emotions may be high or low, faith stays the same. And that's why I want to live out of faith, not out of how I feel. So he tells him, All the days of your life, Joshua, no one, not one man, not one man is going to stand before you. You'll conquer them all. And then look what he says. Verse 5, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Friends, is that not a guarantee from God Almighty that Joshua is going to be just fine? And you may be sitting there thinking, I wish I had that guarantee. You do. Hebrews 13, five. The Lord says, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have the same assured promise as Joshua himself. Do you live that way? Do you walk by faith? Is your faith ever increasing? Is your faith growing day by day? Is your faith growing in in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your trials, in the midst even of your, at times, doubts? Does your faith kick in and is your faith growing even in those times? Because faith says, God will never leave me. And God will never forsake me. We have the same assurance as Joshua himself. Now, number two, look at the instruction. If the transition is Moses is dead and You're up and I want you to take this people, arise. You're going to go over Jordan. You're going to possess the land. And not one man is going to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. If that's the transition, then watch the instruction? Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And if you are careful to do all that is written herein, what's he say? Then you will have prosperity and good success. Then your way will be prosperous and you shall have good success. What's he saying? He's saying this is the, this is the way you do it. If you keep the promises of God, if you keep faithful to the word of God, if the word of God is on your lips, if it's in your mind, if you're meditating on it day or night, then it's gonna lead you and it's gonna guide you. And then your way will be prosperous and then you'll have good success. Now let me challenge you for a moment, okay? Let me challenge your thinking. I really want you to think about this. Short of material things, okay? Because the Bible teaches us very clearly, people of God, we're not to worry about material things. Amen. We're not to worry. The Bible says that our Father knows what we have need of. Do you realize the next time that you catch yourself hearing birds sing, I want you to think about something, okay? the next time that you catch yourself listening to them sing, I want you to Google how many types of birds there are on the planet. And then I want you to realize this. The world's wealthiest man could not feed every bird. Not even one day it would bankrupt him. And yet our father does it day in and day out. And Jesus says, take no thought of tomorrow, what you'll wear, what you'll eat, all this and that. Listen, those material things, they'll take care of themselves and God knows how to supply for you, okay? So taking material things out of it, assets out of it, 401k out of it, retirement, college, your first home or getting that new car, all that stuff, set all that to the side. And then let me ask you a question. For you, what is good success? Because here's what my concern is. If God promises us good success, if I can't define what success is in my life, then how will I know when God has given it to me? How will I know what to pray for? How will I even know what to ask for if I can't define success? And in our American affluent culture let me ask you this can you define success minus material things can you define success for your marriage for your family for your career for your spiritual walk can you define what success is minus material things For many of us, we've probably never thought about it, let alone pray for it. See what I'm saying? So the instruction is, if you wanna have a prosperous way and if you wanna find good success, meditate on the word of God. Make the word of God a prominent thing in your life. And sadly for many of us, half the time we can't find our Bibles. We don't remember where we slung it. Very few of us can really quote scripture. Oh, we can quote our sports stats, right? And we can quote what the politicians are doing. And we can quote who's running in the presidential elections. And we can quote what they're saying. And we can quote celebrities, but most of us cannot truly quote the word of God. If you took your knowledge of God's word and compared it to what your idea of success is, where would that balance be? So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, go back to where the word of God is prominent in your life, and then you'll have good success. The transition that Moses has died and now Joshua is to lead the people to the Jordan and beyond the Jordan. The the transition is that as God was with Moses, so God will be with Joshua. God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. The instruction is let the word of God be prominent. Meditate on it day and night. Don't let it depart out of your mouth. Speak the word of God. And as these things happen then you'll have a prosperous way. You'll have good success in life, in family, in your profession. I want good success, but I also want to know what good success really is so I'm not chasing the wrong things. And then lastly for today, we see the action. Look at verse 10 and 11. So, Joshua really understands the Lord. I think what I would have done, what I would have been comfortable doing is gathering my leaders as Joshua did and saying, gentlemen, in three months, we're going over Jordan. In six months, we'll fight our first war. Get everybody ready. No, it's not what Joshua did. Do you see what he did? He told his leaders to tell the people, "Gather all of your provisions, for in three days we're going to cross over Jordan." Oh, you are you kidding me, Joshua? In three days we're going to cross over Jordan. Did he know how they're going to cross? Uh, They weren't bridge building experts. Did he even know how they were going to get over that mighty river? He just believed God. God said, cross it. And in three days, we're going over. Get your stuff ready. Amen. I tell you what, was somebody I would like to hang around. was somebody that I'd like for him to rub off on me. You know what I'm saying? I want to be that quick to obey God. I want to be that obedient to the Lord. I want to be someone of action, not someone who talks about things. I want to act upon my faith. Amen. You've heard it well said, faith is a verb. Why? Because faith is action, amen. And he said in three days, we're gonna cross over. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to obey God? Are you ready to finally do what you know in your heart God wants you to do? Are you ready? It may be a season of transition and that may scare you as much as it scares me. Let me tell you, when I knew when I knew that I was going blind, can you imagine the transition that I felt trying to prepare myself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, preparing my family, preparing my profession? The church, do, do you know how what transition? But let me tell you what God's teaching me. Don't be afraid of transitions because transitions Are part of getting you to the promised land. Amen. And perhaps you're listening today and you are in a place of transition and you're scared. You're in a place of transition and it's got you uneasy. Well, this is my challenge, church. Let us not be guilty of viewing Canaan with our spiritual binoculars. Let's prepare ourselves cross over Jordan. Let's get our provisions ready. Let's get our faith ready. Let's get our mindset ready. Let's get our prayer lives ready. Let's get the word of God within us ready. And let's prepare ourselves as a people, as a body of Christ, as a local church. Let's get ourselves ready to cross over Jordan. And I don't know how God's going to answer our prayers, I don't know how God is going to take the things that you and I have been calling upon the name of the Lord for. There are people that were calling upon God for their salvation. There are miracles that we are trusting God for. There are prodigals that we are calling out to the name of the Lord for. And I don't know how God's going to answer the prayers. But all I know is God says, act in faith. Look to me. Get yourselves ready. And that's what this series is all about. We are going to prepare ourselves for the victory that God is going to bring to us. Amen. And we're not going to fight for victory because God's already promised the victory. No, you and I are going to fight because of victory. Do you see the difference? We're not fighting hoping Perhaps, maybe, if possible, we hope and pray and plead and beg that maybe God will come through. No, that's not faith. We fight because we know God will come through. And we may have to circle Jericho, and we may have to do some ridiculous things. We may have to pray some crazy prayers, we may have to step out into areas of discomfort. We may have to go into areas that we have to trust God. And other people would say, well, that's, that's pretty radical. Well, you know what? Victory is pretty radical, amen? And faith is radical. And I want to be a person that believes God. And I want to be a person that says, I'm not afraid of Jericho. And I'm not afraid to face the enemy. And I'm not afraid to go into battles that they, it's, it's bigger than us. They're stronger than us because you know what the word of God says? Not one word will fail, not one. My question today is, do you believe it? And the answer to whether you believe it or not is this. Have you been losing ground? already won I'm not saying that sometimes you don't struggle I'm not saying that even sometimes you don't question I'm saying when the dust settles at the end of the day are you walking in faith not by sight but by faith where do you stand let's bow our heads today Close our eyes and let's ask the Lord to help us, to strengthen us. What do you need to trust God for? What did you used to believe God for, but you've grown discouraged? What did you used to pray for, but because you didn't see the needle moved, you stopped praying? Friend, you've lost ground already one. What wayward child did you give up on? Friends, you've lost ground already, one. What did you hope in, believe in, trust in? That through time, you've grown discouraged. Let me encourage you as God encouraged Joshua. Do you know what the word encourage means, by the way? It means to put courage in the heart. Do you know that? (laughs) When you encourage someone, you give them courage. You put courage in their heart. And do you know what God wants to do for you, child of God? you know what God wants to do for you, weak Christian? You know what God wants to do for you who just, you're, you're living in defeat and you're living in despair and you've all but given up. You've all but quit. Your body's here, but, but your, your faith isn't. You know what God wants to do for you, child of God? He wants to encourage you. He wants to give you courage today. Courage to face life's battles. Courage to look up those walls of Jericho and say, You will fall in the name of Jesus. Courage. God wants to give you courage today. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Today, if you want to see things turn in your life, And I'm not saying the circumstance turn because God may still be working in the midst of the circumstance. But you want to see your faith turn. You want to see your courage turn. You want to see your belief turn. You want to grow stronger and not weaker. Today, if you say, Chad, I want my faith to grow. I want to trust God. I may be in transition. I may be in instruction. But Chad, I'm going to walk out of this building today in action. And I'm going to take God at his word. And I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to prepare my family. I'm going to prepare my faith to believe God. If you need to come pray right now, I want to invite you. We have many people who will pray with you. You just slip out of your seat right now. Listen, don't walk out those doors the same way that you walked in here today. Take action today and say, God, let this be my first step. My first action, God, I'm coming to this altar. Kneel, sit, stand, whatever you have to do. You just come right now and say, God, I'm taking action today that I'm gonna let my faith be solid. I'm gonna let my faith grow. I'm not gonna live out of circumstance anymore. I'm not gonna react out of, I'm not gonna react to circumstances any longer. I'm gonna live in faith, oh God. And you come and you let the Lord work in you. (coughs) You let the Lord work in you. Father, I wanna thank you for your word today. It is alive and it is active. It's filled with instructions. It instructs us, Lord, how to face our battles. It instructs us how to go forward in faith. It instructs us how to believe God. It instructs us how to hold the line until victory comes. It instructs us. And God, as we walk through the book of Joshua, Lord, as we go through these early chapters, Lord, would you remind us, would you put in our heart, chapter 23, verse 14, not one word, Of God shall fail in our lives. Not one word, not one word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. (coughs) Excuse me. Help us today, Lord. Help us today to believe you, to trust you, to be guided by you, to live in victory to have good success. Jesus, teach us what success truly is. Help us to be able to define it for our lives and not to chase those things. That's like a mirage in the desert. It looks like water, but it's not. And the more we drink, the more sand we drink, the thirstier we become. Teach us, Lord God, teach us what true success is and how to seek it in you. Show us these things, Lord. Teach us victory. Teach us faith. Teach us how to stand. Ephesians chapter six. Teach us how to wear the armor of God. Teach us how to resist the devil. Teach us how to submit to you. Work mightily, oh God, in our lives. Work in our marriages, God. (coughs) I pray for marriages right now, Lord, that are on the brink, the very brink of collapse. Rescue them in Jesus' name. Those who are about to walk away, change their heart, Lord. Change their heart. Change their heart, Lord God. Change their heart. I pray, God, for those with wayward children that their hearts are breaking over prodigal sons and daughters and grandchildren. Teach us to stand in victory. I pray for those, Lord, that's fighting in their bodies as sickness and disease has laid hold of them. God, will you pour divine healing into them And help them and touch them, God. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Touch them. Father, I pray for those this morning with financial stress. and Those who feel like they're about to break under the pressure. Father, will you provide for them. Provide. You see the need. Before there's ever a need. Provide for them. I pray for those, Lord, who are in transition in their life and they're frightened and they're worried. Give them peace and comfort, Lord God, that just as you were with Moses, just as you were with Joshua, just as you were with Samuel, just as you were with David, just as you were with Daniel and Jeremiah, so you.